at SFM Radio and at Pimelo Mutile on Twitter. Thank you so much for staying with us. 16 minutes after 2 o'clock. So here's the thing that I have been trying to wrap around my head a little bit. And I don't know what your experience is. But what I've been seeing and since the outbreak of the pandemic and at least when it landed on our shores as our response, as a government response, is a lot of communication coming from leadership, which has been great. I think I um, they've even adjusted language and all of those things that we complained about earlier. But there is, and there you know that there is a COVID-19 council uh, committee and so on. So I'm seeing a lot of that. I'm seeing a lot of communication from a very executive level. And premiers as well are, are doing their bit. We are seeing a lot of them. We're hearing a lot of them. Ministers, we're hearing a lot of them and so on. What I'm not sure of is the role of local government in all of this and I, and, I, and and it concerns me somewhat because we've been hearing things that for me don't make a bit of, a lot of sense right so the other day we had um uh, now what is the acting MEC of social development but he also is the um MEC of ed- uh, basic education who was saying for instance to us part of the issue with the homeless people was that they have underestimated numbers that was just something that he he said in passing right and I kept thinking to myself, it's one of what makes our problems what they are, right? I, unless if I'm wrong, and we've got people to clarify all of these things for us, if local government was doing its bit, right? This is local councillors and so on, local municipalities and whatever. I would expect that they would be the go-to in managing and assisting what we are seeing as problematic, for instance, for Sasa, you know, Sasa um, was talking the other day saying we've got problems with people who, with all good intentions in the world, go drop off parcels at communities, but it's not coordinated and they don't speak to the police. And so there is no support. But my question then is, where's the local councillor? to make sure that all of this is coordinated and so on. So I don't expect that to be the preoccupation of the minister. I expect that it should trickle down as it should be. And unless if I'm wrong, help me out. But I, I got people to, to try and let's unpack all of this so that we all understand whose mandate is who and what to expect from those kind of people and, and our understanding and better understanding of governance and what we should expect from who at this point. Okay. I've uh, invited Salga and the president of Salga is joining us on the line, Councillor Tim Bingadimeng, who is very generously with us on the line this afternoon. Thank you so much, Councillor, for joining us and for making the time. Good afternoon, Pamela, and good afternoon to our listeners. Can you just, you know, for for clarity and for simplicity in your words, explain to us, for instance, the role of Salga, and and I know you've just presented your performance plan and so on very recently, but in simple terms, just help us understand where it fits in and how it fits in in the bigger scheme of things. Okay, thank you very much. Um, Let's... to separate and make it a bit easy. Yeah. There are 257 municipalities in South Africa. Mm-hmm. They are made up of eight metros, 44 districts, and 205 local municipalities. Mm. Salga is an association where all these municipalities are affiliated. It advocates for what is in the best interest of local municipalities to service their communities. It also deals with training, 
uh, capacitating of both officials and councillors, but it also deals uh, stands as a, a, a sector representative okay. in engagement between the president, between provinces, and between um, the national government. So, in your preamble, you said, for example, Sasa and the minister shouldn't be struggling uh, with coordination at the local government sphere. You are very correct. Mm-hmm. Why are you correct? Section 154 of the Constitution says provincial and national governments must put their plans and make sure that they trickle them down to municipalities and bring the support that the municipalities will need for them to implement mm-hmm. their programs at the local sphere. Because look at it, there is no place called national. Mm. If you are staying in Midrand, for example, mm-hmm. you are under the city of Johannesburg. Mm. If you are staying in Umulaz, you are under the the, the metro uh, Etequin, mm-hmm. etc. So you then have a program where municipalities plan and sector departments must plan together with municipalities. The unfortunate thing prior COVID mm. is that we have been working in silos. And if we don't say this, we'll fail to correct ourselves as government. Mm. The department will sit and plan on its own mm. and don't even invite a local mm. mayor or anybody else. Mm. Then when they get there, they don't even know the complexities of the problem. The complexities <laughs> of the problem and maybe the solution that they've thought about <laughs> is not a, a, a uh, suitable. When we plan as local government, we are mandated by the law, section 200. It says a municipality must adopt an IDP, which is an integrated development plan. Mm-hmm. The word integrated means all the sectors mm-hmm. of provincial government, that is Department of Justice, must send a representative and say we plan to increase our court or to build a new court in Pulukwa. Mm. Where is the space? What do you need? Your water, your sewer, etc. Department of Social Development must say, we plan to enlist 50,000. Are we in line? How many indigents do you have? Municipality, because these people are registered with us. But what do we do? We duplicate. Sasa will call. SARS will call. Mm. Municipality will call one and the same person. Mm. Uh, send your bill. Mm. Send your whatever to one and the same household. But I all I've said to one of our meetings that there's a silver lining on what we have benefited as a lesson from COVID. All of us is that we had to sit in one room and make one plan. We're still falling short there and there, mm. but the problem is we don't sit and talk together. And all of us are servicing you as a client from our different perspectives. I am so grateful for the frankness in which you are answering our questions and the honesty, because I think that's what all of us are looking for. A little bit of, we're not looking for a perfect system. We're yes. looking for...
people who will account and say, this is why we don't get to see the results that we're looking for. So I just want to just commend you for being so honest with us about the complexities of why it's been difficult to to see the kind of leadership that I expected to see from local government and, and the truth of why we are where we are. I want to also just bring in another person into this conversation who is uh, working on the ground consistently with um, people and their experiences with local government. Nondando Ngamlana is an executive director at Afesis, and uh, they are really in touch um, in the Eastern Cape particularly. They're really in touch with communities on the ground and the experiences of local governance on the ground. Nondando, thank you so much for joining us. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Pamela, and thank you for having us. So, I mean, it kind of makes the conversation easy, right, after what Councillor has just said, because there isn't even, um, I suppose, a, a battle of ideas. We are on the same page about where the problem is. But what I want you to do for us is to give us the magnifying glass of just how serious the situation is. You've collected data. You know what's on the ground. Just how serious is the situation on the ground? Um. Uh, thank you. I mean, I, I wouldn't, I couldn't agree with Executive Mayor Kadimeng um, um, on on what she's just said. Um, we, we, I mean, one of the things coming um, into the the COVID nineteen moment has always been the failure of the IGR infrastructure in our country. So the silo mentality and the silo planning. Um, Added and compounding that situation has been the absence of credible and reliable and accessible information at the level of a municipality. And I'll give you an example. So while people register for indigency to access basic services, for example, mm. that data is not um, linked up with information on child-headed households, for example. Mm information on how many homeless people are, how many child offenders are in the space, in the municipal space. So there is no integration of data in ways that are accessible and informed decision-making. Um, and then, I mean, we, we, we wouldn't even begin to talk about trust issues. You only just have to look at the fracas over the distribution of food parcels mm, mm. at a municipal level to just get to understand the frustrations and the mistrust and the perceptions about the character mm. and the and the credibility of public representatives at that space. And so when you look at this is all the environment before COVID-19. Mm. And then the COVID-19 moment happens. And you see the continuation and the exacerbation of that silo planning and the running around um, between both provinces doing things, sending water tanks in areas that municipalities mm, don't mm. even know where water tanks mm, are gone. Mm, yes. And that has been the extent of the <laughs> chaos at local government level. That, uh, that would happen, obviously, when there has been poor um, channels of communication, poor coordinated planning, um, poor structures and mechanisms for integrated resource allocation. Mm. Um, and so that's the extent. And the people that are feeling the pinch for all of this are people mm. at a local government level, mm. especially people in informal settlements, because COVID-19 does not like density. Mm. 
It does not want people who are meshed together. That's a conducive environment for it to spread. More so in informal settlements, because it's not the most hygiene area, hygiene environment um, in, in our settlements. And so we've looked specifically at municipal responses to informal settlements in particular. And we've been shocked at just the performance of municipalities across board, right? Um, and, 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 and yeah, so that has been the picture um, in, the, in the COVID-19 moment. But obviously, what we're seeing is as a result of the way things have been and have been allowed to be um, so, pre-COVID-19. Councillor, let's just get to yes. the, the truth of, you know, we know the, the problem, right? But we also need to get to why the problem exists. And, and the, the truth of the matter is that alongside local government is a lot of politicking, right? Jostling jostling for positions, party politics, sabotaging one another. We see this constantly. I'm I'm wondering if in your engagement now, are we starting to see people just, you know, put their proper thinking caps on and put that aside? And and good afternoon to Nandando. Well said um, on the points that she has raised. Uh, remember on the information part, just as I will jump to your question now, is that we as a government had to rely more on CETA putting up systems, which is our inter- uh, technological hub, to make sure that there's only one Tamelo mm. where the information is loaded, everything there. So when the municipality says we are an indigent, it loads you into that system so that SARS cannot call you again and say, are you and indigent <laughs> so that you know everything gets to be about one person and when sasa needs to get a person who now qualifies for a pension grant or a disability grant everything is loaded in this system you don't expect this person who doesn't even have money to catch a text so that she can be registered when she's already been pushed to the municipality to register as an indigent to get free basic water and free basic electricity. She has already been pushed to a school where a child is being registered mm. to show that she can't pay school fees. Mm. And then again, she's going to be pushed to Sasa. I think that's where our systems don't talk very well. We are in one room now, and that's what some yeah. of the mistakes that NetJoins has picked I, up. But I, let I, me I, talk I'm going to gonna ask oh. if you can just pause for one second, Councillor, for me, because we need to just quickly go to the headlines, and lots of people also want to engage in this conversation. Okay. Right. Let's just okay. go to Utzile Saku for the very latest in headlines. It's 2.30. Life Happens with Pimelo Mutine on SAFM, leading the conversation. Thank you so much for staying with us. I'm in conversation with Councillor Tembingadimeng, who's a president at Salga. I'm also in conversation with Nondando Ngamlana, who is executive director at AFESIS. And uh, they are people who really go all out to go and see how local government is functioning. They've been doing this for a while. And uh, they collect data, which is what is important for all of us to, to analyze to assess and to objectively see whether things are working or not working. Before we went to the headlines, uh, Councillor Ngadimeng was already starting to explain to us my question to her before um, she responded was, now that they are sitting in the same room and now we have got COVID-19 pandemic, 
Are people's thinking caps now back on? Because we know that part of what makes local government not work is jostling of positions. It is politicking. And we know this, right? This is not new. Do you get the sense, Councillor, that everybody now gets their role and they've put politics aside? I, I do get that sense. In fact, I think from a government point of view, it is a relatively easy and doable. Yeah. Because we have legislated. Whatever you're talking about is nicely enshrined in our constitution, in our municipal systems and structures act, and also with regard to accountability in our municipal finance management act. Section 25 articulates all what we are talking about and what municipalities, provincial and national government need to do. Now, the politicking, one, it is precisely because it happened, local government is right at the crossroads. Mm. Now, what do you expect a community to do when the sewer running in front of a house mm-hmm. every day mm-hmm. and the kids have to jump the sewer as if it's a normal phenomenon of life, walk to school, walk to a spa shop? It then causes quite of the situation to boil. What do you expect from a government, particularly at the Luxosphere? You expect us to put your, to collect your waste timelessly? You expect us to provide you with water. You expect us to be able to give you a provision that makes your life sustainable and basic so that you could run to work, so that you could run to hustle, so that you could run to be an informal trader, but your life is a bit organized. Local government needs to be remodeled. And that was our submission on Tuesday Mm. to the Portfolio Committee in Parliament. Nontando, here's where I find absolute disconnect and where I'm struggling. And maybe you can help me understand this, okay? And you hear this every time. Where I'm sitting, we get to hear this every single time. Where there is constant apology, which we accept, by the way, because this is new. This pandemic is new to everybody. And we accept the apologies by ministers, by presidents, about how things are not going smoothly. That's perfectly okay. But people then come around and say, you know what's funny? Um, All parties in this country, come election time, are very good at organizing. (laughs) They know how to get to our doorstep. They know how to print the T-shirt. They know us by name. Their systems are so smooth that it's weird that when it's time like these, suddenly nobody knows how to organize. Nontando? That is actually quite true, true, um, Pamela. Um, government's approach to the COVID moment has been very reactive. Interestingly so, because when the virus had hit other parts of the world, we had always known that at some point it would reach our shores as well. And when it eventually came, it, it almost felt as though we were caught with our pants down, like we were caught unaware. So one gave grace in the first few weeks, right? We're like, it's new, let's organize ourselves. We didn't have the right structures and systems um, in place to deal with this. And the whole world was still trying to get its way head around um, the virus. But even to date, you still get a sense from government of a very reactive nature in its response towards the towards the pandemic. We're not beginning to think proactively around the post-COVID new normal and reading society towards that normal, right? We're all in this 
let's lock down and let's 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 police the lockdown and um let's pick up the toolbox and let's police the implementation of the toolbox and we're jostling in that very reactive state that's not really getting us and rallying all of society towards a post-covid new normal and that's the kind of thinking that south africans are now longing for of government because COVID is a reality that's going to be with us for long term. Um, and we we beginning to, even at the local government level, right, so many municipalities are now um, adjusting their budgets towards yeah. the COVID-19 response. And that those conversations are happening behind closed doors. And there is no rallying of society mm-hmm. so that we can all think innovatively mm-hmm. around what does it mean? What does it mean for me as a responsible citizen in my municipality, in my own metro? What responsibility do I have? And so we're not having those conversations. Um, we're sure. stuck in a, in, a, in, a, in a rut, so to speak. You know, Councillor Ngadimeng, this is exactly the point I wanted to make because for argument's sake, we saw a helicoptering of rescue for argument's sake with the Department of Water and Sanitation. Welcome. I mean, it... On, on at face value this is fantastic they were so quick they were they were immediate in reaching numbers that we've never seen before bringing in tanks and whatever and whatever and as you said Nontando, that there was also there's this conversation also happening around uh, relief funds for COVID-19 but then I started asking myself here is national government delivering Jojo tanks to spaces that they had never reached before. No problem with that, I accept. But I'm wondering at a local level, when on a, on a, on a regular basis, when you speak to these local councillors, they tell you about, we don't have the resources. We would love to fix that sewage. We would love to sort out the water and the pipe. We just don't have the resources. And this is where I'm confused. At a point where national releases relief funds and emergency funds why is it that that local councillor does not inform national to say you know actually the jojo tank situation is very temporary we've had this problem for 10 years why don't we take that money and fix the pipe so that the water and the tap can actually work councillor Okay, I think we, we is the very same uh, misalignment which has been mm. we've articulated a bit earlier. Yeah. That sometimes the solutions are sought somewhere yeah. and they arrive and find that maybe the formula is not exactly what it is. But the question of resources yes. has always been raised and it's always raised. I mean, yes. that's how we see the budget review process yeah. with the minister every June, which is half. Uh, mark of the year, mm. and we will put business plans, including now the COVID business plans mm. that municipalities submitted in March. A circular only came back yesterday. Mm. It's here in front of me. 14 May. The circular says, okay, now talk to your people before 31st May mm-hmm. and tell them how are you going to reprioritize your budget. You must do that no later than 15 June. Mm. But if you could think, already tourism has uh, announced its relief, arts and culture has announced its relief, health has announced its relief, SMME has announced its relief, then local government is giving number last to announce mm. the relief. That's where the problem is. And where are you sitting? Mm. You are sitting in a local government. Mm. Now, I know because there is a trust 
deficit. Uh, you yes, engage ministers. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm going to be frank with you. Yes. You engage ministers <laughs> and ministers say no. <laughs> but you guys are corrupt. <laughs> when we give you money, you squander it. Mm. <laughs> the very same constitution Pamela uh, does allow stringent measures mm. to be put mm. by a national government. Section 154 mm. says, I will give you two cents and this is what I want from it. Mm. And this is how I'm going to observe. <laughs> but I think what we also need to correct is what do we do with reports? Mm. Because we can quote the laws. They don't bring bread into mm. your table. They don't move sewer out of your state. Municipalities by law are compelled to report every month. The report is called Section 71. Mm -hmm. Now we all can't be amazed on month 12 <laughs> when the AG says, eh, I think that wow. municipality in Eastern Cape, one, two, three, four. No, because a provincial treasury in Eastern Cape, in Limpopo, in wherever, has been receiving monthly reports. <laughs> Of reconciliation, we gave you 10 rent, we have spent 2 rent now, we think we are happy with that, the <laughs> next month, then a quarter report, then you should intervene and say, I'm stopping Pamela here, I'm seeing you're halfway through your, but I'm not satisfied. <laughs> so the, the monitoring and evaluation at COCTA mm. also need to be strengthened. Mm. I think systems, mm. we've put them in place, wow. the follow through of our system. All of us is where we live. Let's, of course, consequences yes. are supposed to be held. Yeah. And that's where they follow through, which also does not happen properly. I just love your candor. Let's just listen to some voice notes and then we'll take some calls. Sure. What the councillor from Sauga is saying is correct. But the problem is that what we're seeing now is the lack of water in the municipalities is because there's been a problem on the IDPs. Why is it that if the communities were preferring and asking for the correct projects and the councillors were bringing those correct projects, they would have been implemented. Why is it that there's been no water? It's because the wrong projects were being implemented. By who? By the same municipalities. Uh, hi, Pamela. Please correct me if I'm wrong, but I think under Tabombegi, Tabombegi um, mentioned this issue of working in silos and he said he mentioned that he was trying to put departments that get, so that departments can work together but now i'm surprised if the minister there is saying that um now is like a new revelation to them under the COVID 19 but i will be mentioning it back in his days please correct me if i'm wrong there or also the minister can correct me all right Thank you. hi pamela Colin here. Yo, these two women are really talking their minds and hearts, which is the truth. You know, lack of management is a very, very key problem. Local government, it is terrible. They, I'm just applauding them that maybe the authorities are going to get some sense and do and not talk and talk and talk this management it's a problem and monitoring it's a problem thank you 
All right, let's go quickly to Eddie. It, uh, you're calling us from Odendalsris. Is it Odendalsris, Eddie? Uh, that's correct. That's All correct. right. Good afternoon and just welcome Hello, to the show. I'm well. Thanks Thanks for calling, Eddie. Thank you very much. You know, uh, your guest, I'm sure, will agree with me. Um, I'm, I'm the former councillor for mm. the past seven years. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the decline of municipalities started in 2007. Mm. And some people made deliberately so to destroy systems that were there, so that they open a gate for corruption. Um, you know, COVID-19 has exposed mm. as as said that. You know, capacity was, was destroyed in municipality. And as I said, it was destroyed so that people can be able to feel. I mean, we need to be honest with this. And every time when the chairperson of Salva speaks, uh, when coming to corruption, it's like, you know, she's very soft on that. She's not saying things as they are supposed to be. Let me do some, let me say something to you. Yes. The NIG, the money that is transferred to municipality, you know, let me, I, I, I want to challenge her. The money transferred to municipality, I want to tell you now, that money can be enough to, you know, to solve some of the problems that we have. But what is happening at municipal, at, at municipal level? These funds are daylight, stolen. It's, it's, not, it's not prices inflated. You know, that's what is happening. And she must be honest. If, if we fail to be honest on these issues, I'm telling you, this country will go down. And once municipalities go down, then I'm telling you our future is destroyed. Thank you so much, Eddie, for that. I'll open it up to both of you because corruption is not a new word. Uh, We hear this every single day. I'm just concerned about how honest are we about how deep in the problem we are around corruption. Nontando? Look, Amanda, that's that's the truth, right? Um, Corruption, not just in local government, but corruption in all of our government is, 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 is systemic now. And it's so deeply entrenched, it's scary. But corruption in local government in particular indicates a cancer not only at the local government level, but it also indicates a failure of the government system, particularly the oversight system yes. in entirely. Treasury has oversight responsibilities over local government. And I mean, Executive Mayanga Dimeng spoke to this, a kind of reporting, and it's erroneous reporting that local government must do. Cocta has oversight responsibilities over local government. This is even before Mm. the Auditor General Mm. comes. Mm -hmm. That these systems have failed year in and year out is scary. That is a system that has been allowed to self-implode. And so, yes, we can't run away from the fact that corruption happens in local government and all through, through government, and that it eats away at the quality and the pace of service delivery. And unfortunately, the people that then bear the brunt are the people that need these services the most. But it is, I mean, we would be, we would not be doing justice if we didn't look at the role that the other spheres of government yes. that we often let off the hook yeah. have played in allowing it to take root to the extent that it is at. Councillor, let me just end it with you and say, yeah. you know, 
I'm sure you 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 heard it all before, and you're you're hearing these voices of people who who've just given up on local government. No one has trust. Nobody, you know, nobody is optimistic. From sure. from where you're sitting, and you're saying you are now pleased that everybody's on the same table for you know at least for the interim. Yeah. What 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 do you see going forward? I mean, are we? What can we expect? Jamelo, I think I. Though I, I did cut it short, that yes. we were very frank with the portfolio committee on Tuesday. Yes. That local government needs to be remodeled in the entire country. We are 20 years. On the 5th of December, your local government in South Africa is a 20-year-old baby. He's no longer a baby, he's a child, mm. well-grown man. And me and you still sit today on our 20th year, still talk about challenges and problems. So it means we would have grown, the establishment, the system should have perfected itself. Sure. The challenge with funds at local government is not that they are sufficient. AD is correct. Yes, they could be able to take us to a certain extent of the divar. Local government only gets 9% of the cake of national, of, of, of the fiscus. Mm-hmm. Now, we are still having difficulty to account for the 9%. Mm. Now, capacity, yes, was destroyed. And this is where it comes to a point of where local government to be remodeled. Professionalization of the sector, requirements, and professional registration. For example, if you're an engineer, you know there's a board. If you're a lawyer, you know there's a board. If you are a nurse, you know there's Dinosa and there's peer review. Mm. In local government, a sphere that is so sensitive and is supposed to save it daily doesn't even have that, for example. So you don't even have wow. uh, peers who are going to say, review but Temelo, this yeah. is not a acceptable yeah. standard. You are misrepresenting yeah. us. Yeah. You don't have that. But two, you have got requirements which have been postponed, postponed, postponed for years and time immemorial. Uh, on what a municipal manager is supposed to have. For example, National Treasury put a course which is called MFMP, Municipal Finance Management Program. Mandatory for every director and a municipal manager and a CFO to have. Because you rotate one and the same people who still do not have such a qualification. Mm. You say we will adjust it in 18 months, they must have it. When 18 months come, you say in another 18 months. It keeps on rolling and rolling. And if you don't professionalize, then you're unable in most instances to hold this accountability because a person finishes two years, move to another municipality mm-hmm. and, and make a mess and then move to mm-hmm. another and make a mess and continue. Mm-hmm. So we are saying we also need, and COCTA started, a book of a person who has been fired from one municipality can't be hired in the next. Something like that. So you need an overhaul like that to make sure that you deal with such issues. But IGR, as Nondando has spoken earlier on, it is a problem. We can't come here and say to you, all is well, when we can realize that there are difficulties. You know, if you could ask me, I'm a mayor, how many schools are going to be built by the Department of Education in the municipality? The simple answer to you is, I don't know. Mm. And I'm not irresponsible. I'm sitting mm, in my mm. offices. I'm talking to you now. Mm, mm. But the IGR and the silos, if you say to me, Ordinarily, what was health going to do mm. in your municipality mm. in this financial day? Mm. If it was not COVID, I wouldn't have known. Mm. So last year, I didn't know. Year before last, I didn't know. Wow. So that's the uh, silo mentality 
that we are talking about that we all need to correct and sit in one table. Yes, we have to remodel local government. Yes, we have to correct a lot. But our communities as well. This is where we promote corruption, right at our local sphere. Councillor, I really thank you so much for your candor. I want to thank you so much for being so open and honest with us. Tembinga Dimeng is a councillor and a president at Salga. And I also want to thank my other guest, Nondando Ngamlana, who is executive director at Aphesis. And thank you, ladies, for your perspective. And thank you so much for being so honest and open with all of us. I think really our listeners appreciate just how far we've come with this conversation.